Welcome to Magic is Real, the podcast where we focus on spiritual journeys, near-death experiences, and all things metaphysical and spiritual. If this podcast resonates with you, it would mean the world if you can like, subscribe, and share with like-minded friends. Thank you so much for being here with an open heart and mind. I wish you peace, light, and love always. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Magic is Real. I'm Shannon, and I'm your host. And today I have with me Joni, who is a near-death experiencer, a kundalini experiencer. And today we're going to talk about her spiritual journey, her experiences. And I welcome you, Joni. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thank you. Thank you for letting me do this. I'm so happy that we're doing this. I would love to start, as I usually do, by learning a little bit about you. And uh, before we started rolling, we were talking about how you've had several near-death experiences, out-of-body experience type experiences. And I would love to know, then you, you said that what something that had resonated with you in watching this uh, podcast, for one thing, is how so many people who've had near-death experiences this all started really young for a lot of people. So I'd love to know a little bit about whatever you're comfortable sharing about your background and your, uh, your, your, whatever you're comfortable sharing about your, your history and your spiritual journey, wherever you want to start is great with me. Okay. Well, um, so I did just recently learn that, um, uh, often lucid, lucid dreamers I, I really just learned about lucid dreaming within the last you know less than a decade um but uh that it, it you you might have an experience really early and so I did in fact so my mother coordinated with that and um and so that happened when I was a baby um I know that I had some out-of-body experiences um around age four but that's kind of a shady memory but there's definitely some trauma involved there um and you know we just don't talk about it which is fine with me um and then um when i was um the week of my 16th birthday um i was abducted on my way to work um so this would have been like 1989 or 90 or something and um and that experience was you know where I had what I would say is my first near death experience, right. That I was fully aware of, um, and, um, you know, left my body there, um, went off, you know, in, in above the trees. Um, and then I had another experience a year later, um, where I feel like I can now say this was near death number three um where um i i i was living with um, my boyfriend at the time and i kept telling him you know your dad is a little too handsy and um his dad had passed out on me and i was stuck underneath him i was very small <laughs> very petite and I couldn't breathe and, um, and I left my body then. I didn't know at the time, I didn't see that one at the time as being you know, a near death. To me, I just felt like an out of body. And this is um, um, where, I guess I'll just go this way. Um, but before I continue, because I, did wanna, I didn't wanna skip this because this is 
Um, I, at a young age, I, I had the dreamy stuff, um, the lucid dreams. Um, I was an active participant in my dreams for, from as long as I can remember. I actually still can remember the day, the dream that I turned around and faced what was chasing me. You know, I was probably about six or seven years old and, and, you know, I just, I just got tired of it and I just turned around and I, I don't want to be chased anymore, <laughs> you know? And so that was the moment I realized that, um, I, you know, maybe I had some control over my dreams. And so I just kind of assumed everyone did that. Why would I ever think anything different? And my, my life included, um, consistent moves. Um, I went to 22 schools before I graduated from high school. And um, so there were some years that I would go to two schools in one year. And, and so it was consistently the new kid, which makes you um, um, always happen to read people, mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> um, which lends to know thyself because now I'm on the other end. So now I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to fast forward into time for a second where I know what some of my gifts are, right? Yeah. Because this was what was presented to me at a young age. Um, it also made me extremely loving and caring and compassionate towards people when I was young who might have peculiar, <laughs> you know, abnormalities, um, you know, from, from having a, a, a friend at one school that had a glass eye who I just thought was the coolest, raddest thing ever to, you know, friends that had Down syndrome to, you know, <laughs> walkers to, you know, um, anything under the sun. Um, they were quick to accept me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, I, I was, um, you know, a questioner as a kid, um, which I believe is that lucid state. And, um, I had dreams of writing and, um, I did, you know, won a couple of awards and, and, and things like that. So my life was kind of, um, this eh, roller coaster. Um, so I never really got to know anyone to find out what, what thing, you know, I never got to know anyone, <laughs> you know, there was not that happening. So, um, so after, so now I'll, I'll fast forward a little to, um, the, the time that I was under, um, that man and, um, that out of, that was the, that was just an out of body. It just kind of looped up out of myself and, and sat up like rafters kind of and um and had a conversation with myself like that's your life <laughs> is that what you want is this gonna be the future that you had envisioned for yourself I'm about 17 you know um and you know to me that that kind of was I've heard I have heard other people describe exactly that type of scenario and I think yes you know somebody else experienced it too um and so when, you know, everything's kind of hazy and, and we do know that there was, um, you know, definitely some non-breathing and purple events. So um, that I, that I immediately, like everyone's freaking out that's there, he, you know, my boyfriend comes in and he, and so there's this big, and I, then I, the next thing I remember, I'm packing my bags and I'm like, you know, F this, I'm out, you know, and, and I changed everything about my life, uh, people, places, and things. I went down crazy, you know, it just changed everything. And I, you know, I, 
um, you know, I started, um, I did go to, I did grow up in church, although I wasn't real crazy about the Pentecostal movement, but I got back in my, my Bible and started going to these types of events and I changed everything. All my friends changed. I, you know, I switched schools and, um, and then I met a guy my senior year who I ended up marrying, um, real quick, like, and uh, my parents had moved back and left me in another state a month before I was set to graduate, which, you know, I don't know, whatever. But, um, but that, it, it caused me to have a choice now. I got to make a choice. And, you know, I'm, I have ideas of, of joining, you know, you know, the Peace Corps or, what the, you know, whatever. And, um, and here this guy goes, no, marry me, let's go to college. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, um, so that was kind of, you know, how I ended up there. So really young, I was married and my life was really good. Um, I had a great life. And so I thought, right. So, um, then comes, you know, the, the final tier of my of my experience and I I find I you know I find out that I'm married to you know basically the devil um narcissistic wise right so um pure victim I, I never saw it come in had none of those signs everybody's like how do you not see I'm like, I didn't see I don't know I'm an idiot I don't know <laughs> um but um but that that right there like shocked it 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 shook my entire foundation. I, I'm, I, I got in the relationship with that man because I felt like God was leading me in that direction. You know, this was, you know, my new life and my new, oh, you know, and you get this in your mind and, you know, you, you think you've prayed and here he comes, uh, you know, and you think your life is great. And, and then you, you wake up one day and you might as well be married to a serial killer. I have no idea who you are. You have other women in other towns. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like I just, you know, and I walked in on him and my best friend and it just, it just, you know, put the whole thing just went. And um, then, so that happened and that, and that sent me down what I now think they refer to as like the dark side of the soul mm -hmm. right so I went through a complete breakdown of my identity for about three years I had you know everything that I thought I knew about my life was now suddenly a question you know he had everyone convinced you know that it was me and and then you know I had let go of a lot of things um you know my career you know my any dream I had it was a stand-up comedy comedian for a while comedian for a while and I wrote for my local papers a contributing editor and you know I had but I gave up a lot and I gave up friends and I you know I you know you just go well who am I I don't even know now I don't know it was his wife it was you know that and, um, and so that, that lasted. And then I just, I had now hit a complete, my body was just broken. 
um, what I've come to learn now happens with people who have, you know, trauma or perceived or real. I think that's another thing that I like to share with people when I get a chance is that some of the stuff that I do study, you know, um, and research fear is there. <laughs> that's one of my favorite topics. Um, and our fear is our body reacts perceived real or non-real. Yeah. So if you've been boogeyman, that mm -hmm. is the same as somebody grabbing you. It doesn't matter. The brain can't tell the difference. You've been traumatized. Yeah. Okay. So getting on these trains um, of whose trauma is more than another is kind of a silly thing to play. Uh, and it, yeah. it doesn't help anyone. <laughs> um, you know, um, but anyway, um, I, I, I sat in all of that. I remember the moment that, you know, I really had my kind of, you know, middle finger to God. Um, I, you know, not to get in a lot of details, but I taught Sunday school. I had gone to a Christian university, you know, I was, I, as far as I knew, I was as perfect as they come, you know, <laughs> um, I'm not even an ag, you know, I'm actually, I, I really, my, my husband will tell you I'm a great wife, but, um, but, uh, <clears throat> um, I, I just, I sat there in that, that dirty, just filth uh, and, and I couldn't get up. I couldn't get out of bed. I, I didn't want to see anyone. I was just a disaster of a mess. And, um, and then my girlfriend calls me and she goes, oh my God, he brought her to church. <laughs> my church. He never even went to church with me. Right. And so he like is dating this woman uh, like two weeks later <laughs> and takes her to, uh, that was it. That was just, what if I'd been there? Right. right. I was just too depressed. My pastor didn't come see me. And outside of that call, nobody did. And I taught VBS and I taught Sunday. It was a huge, you know, angry moment. And, you know, I just, Oh, I just had one of those mother nature type, <laughs> I am woman, hear me roar, you know, um, conversation with, with the big man upstairs. And so then that's, that threw me into the dark side of the soul, if you will, where anything that could go wrong did go wrong. And I just couldn't keep it together. And my physical body was starting to show all of these signs. I was dizzy constantly. Um, you know, I've got people, you know, accusing me of things, but my, I'm looking like I'm doing these things because I can't, I've got issues that make me walk in a diagonal. Anyway, I walk two feet over to my left side. If I'm not paying attention, I'm just, <clears throat> um, so, you know, it was just, what is going on? And, um, and then I had, um, a temporary state of amnesia and, That, um, that was my, I like to describe that as my life review mm. during that in-between zone. I call the lucid state, I have my own language because, you know, um, loose dream, a lucid dreaming. I always called that the in-between. Some people call it the twilight. You know, as a little girl, it was the in-between zone between being awake and going all the way to sleep. And, and so I always identified it as the in-between zone. 
which has meaning later. You know, these that's again, God's language. That's one of those little things that's in your pattern that you have to pick out. What does that mean to you? What is the in-between? It's not just about your lucid state. That describes your life. You're a Libra ascending, right? It describes who you are. These are God's language, right? That's how I view it. Um, so, um, so I'm sitting there and my, my life review goes a little bit different than most. Um, I didn't see all the things I did wrong, Shannon. I'll try not to cry, but, um, cause I know that's, that's so silly. Um, but you can cry, let it out. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I saw all the things I had done, right. Oh, that's beautiful. So I got the visual of Benji for myself and, um, all of those moves that I hated as a kid. Um, I felt what those kids felt like to have a friend for six months, you know? Yeah. Um, and the universe took care of me during that time and brought um, an amazing woman into my life that helped me get my memories back. Um, but that, so the reason I, you know, I don't want to share these things because I don't want somebody to go, oh, that's your ego. Yeah, sure. You're so good. (laughs) But then I started thinking, why does everyone's have to be bad? Why can't our life reviews be the good stuff? Why do we always focus on that? Do you know, at that moment when I was in my low, what's the point of this place? This is ridiculous. I don't get it. You know, this is, I'm at odds. Um, so I had this and then shortly after I got my memories back and then that's when I had my, what I describe as the Kundalini, which is much different from lucid, much different from out of body, much different from near death. Um, I go into the, I go into the dream. So, um, all the times that I have vivid memories of these, these four, well, three, cause I can't remember being a baby, but uh, my mother does know, um, the, the three, I, I went, it was as if I fell into sleep. It, it, it was where everything starts dancing around, you know, it, it, it's, um, and then it's the dark. It's the sl- I just, as I got older though, and in the near death, those experiences went beyond that into, I think some people call it, I guess the void. I don't like that term. Um, it's where I'm going to stay. It's, it's, it's my, it's my existence there. It's the creator. It's the imagination. It's where, um, I belong there. That's my next job, I guess. You know, um, I'm a thinker. I'm a professional brainstormer and, um, I have some of these, you know, qualities that, um, you know, for other open thought discussions of how I kind of play with that in my own imagination. If I was to write a story or tell my story in, in fiction terms, you know, these are the ideas that I've come up with. You know, this is how I view like the Benji thing. That's just, it's a visual, you know? So I have, so I'm, I'm here in this, this moment, 
um, I sat down, I'm sitting Indian style because I'm kind of forced to by, by my condition. And um, I just, uh, I just, I'm awake. I'm awake. Um, and this is where, this is where it kind of got really crazy for me. So this was about eight years ago. Um, a snake just, <laughs> bloop. <laughs> um, beautiful cobra glitter rainbow iridescent absolutely dazzling um when i think uh, no fear no fear it felt it felt i got all the references throughout our our known fairy tales and 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 history and imagery of why the the cobra is so ooh it, it does it, it did. Um, so I don't know what this is. Okay. As far as I know, I'm lo I've lost my mind anyway. <laughs> you know, I have no idea. Okay. It's Nate. Sure. Why, why the hell not? Right. Um, but I had no reference to it. I did. I can say I felt no fear at all. It was absolutely um, amazing. You know, I know that electric, I, I get pulses anyway, uh, because of some, you know, some of my condition. And, um, and so I got all that when I later learned, you know, at the time I didn't, I didn't, I only knew this snake was there. I'm like, I'm losing my mind. And, and then it was at that moment that I had, um, I had a voice outside my, and I've always been one to talk to my, I told him creative thinkers. So, I mean, I'm one write all kinds of fairy tales and ideas in my mind anyway so the, but this was another voice outside mine this was the, this was the one thing Shannon I said that I, I haven't got an answer for yet <laughs> so um so uh, well the first the first thing I I had was you know I am that's it it this is like in in gen in typical Gen X fashion right I'm it that's it right? I am. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's us. We are. It's us. You are. I am. We are. Right. And then I have this other voice outside myself and, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't, I, I cannot explain it other than, um, you know, I, I'm like, who are you? <laughs> And he says his name and that doesn't help me. And he says, I've been with you forever, right? Your whole life. Now, the interesting thing here is, <laughs> is that I did have an imaginary friend as a little girl, which most of us did. So um, that's not, that doesn't make me abnormal. When I was little, I thought, but his name was John and he was like a big brother to me. Um, and so it was an only child. So, you know, who moved a lot, you know, this, this figure was typical for psychology 101 of what I would have come up with as a protective agent. Um, so that blew my mind and I'm like, what, you know, and, and I said, well, prove it then, <laughs> you know, now I'm like, so, um, this is my challenge to the gods and okay I kid you not <laughs> and I do have witness um he said well uh, write down these five words <laughs> so I got his first and last name I got a date I got a month I got a town 
um, I got railroad and fire, <laughs> something like that. No railroad fire. Yeah. Fire. So it was like these five different things. And he says, type, you know, like put it in the type it in, search it. And I did. I, and I knew it was going to come up with Jack squat and knew this was ridiculous What this, you know, uh-huh, <laughs> dreaming and, 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 the, and it didn't, <laughs> it brought me to a, a lady very first after, you know, this was a few years ago. So the internet was still, still changed a lot, even in then, but the very first one was, was this lady in this town. That was the name who was uploading old documents as she was told to get rid of them. And instead of throwing them away, she was uploading them. And um, he's, he's like, that's it, that's it. You know, and I'm like, what? And, and we go and we scroll the month that, and, and it, okay, here's the funny part. So again, there was so much compacted in this one little moment that I can't deny it. Okay. It's as if there were so many miracles. You're kind of like, there's no way all of that could be. If one or two of those things had taken place, I could have dismissed it out the window. Right. Yeah. But too many. And you're just like, oh, so, um, I go to the date and I go, ah, your name's not there. <laughs> no, it's like, wait a minute, scroll down. And I scroll down. It was there. She had put them in the wrong, his name had the the, the month, but she had put it in the wrong month. So his, the information said his month, but when she lowered him in, she put him in this one be below in the month of October instead of November, November instead of October. That blew my mind. How did you know that? Railroad, that's how he died. And then he says, my son died in a, in a house fire. Um, scroll down. <laughs> uh, whatever, how many months back? there's the son there's the, the same last name in a fire and then he says my wife she or her name should be there I don't see a woman's name and at that point he kind of goes well I'll see you later kid kind of you know that's not what he said but that is how it felt yeah it, it he left and I've never talked to him seen him I can't remember the code words although I did write them down on a piece of paper but that piece of paper I had I have boxes of, you know, <laughs> this. So, you know, who knows? But my, I, you know, I did have a witness, and that kind of had helped me because I knew I wasn't dreaming. I knew it was happening, you know, and I had written it down, and I had someone there that trusted me and knew I wouldn't have been making it up, right? I, I that's so not me. I'm, you know, so that's the one I can't explain yet. But after he left, that's when I started to get to know my upper self. And that's when I started having a lot more of those in between um, pots, mm -hmm. you know, um, near fainting, um, full fainting episodes. And I was consistently being bounced um, back and forth between zones. And, and I had a lot of really neat experiences there. Um, so after that thing with the snake and then John, you know, the, the my imaginary friend, um, I immediately called my therapist. <laughs> I said, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> You've got to save me. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. You know. Um, and she's like, calm down, come see me. 
so she's working with me because of the amnesia. So I was, you know, instantly with somebody that was, that had taken me on to um, keep me out of care, you know, because of the event that I had with the um, abduction, I'm, I, I can't do hospitals and things, you know, because it, you know, that just unpacks new things. So, um, yeah, so it, I, so she had me come in. I don't, I just met her. I didn't know anything about her. And, um, and I'm telling her what happened. I'm telling her about the snake and I'm telling her about, you know, what the voices are telling me. And um, I said, it tells me things that says like, don't worship anything, no people, no places, no things, no nouns. Basically, God doesn't like nouns <laughs> um, and, and these kinds of things. And she, I said some stuff, which I can't remember now. And she goes, um, she goes, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. And she pulls the book off herself and she opens it up. It's a, it, well, she asked me, she says, do you know anything about yogi, yoga? right the pro no I don't know um and and then she proceeds to read out of this book verbatim what I had just said and again I'm like ah, what is happening to me what is happening to me and um and that's where I started to recognize what you know the kundalini or or the you know the the third eye awakening mm -hmm. the reality to reality <laughs> you know and so that was then my quest and um and um i did a hypnosis se session um which yielded great results for me and my process of i had to do it myself i'm doing it myself why because that's what makes it authentic mm -hmm. my healing has to come from within um i needed to figure this all out myself first so that then i could go and share it with other people um, because, uh, you know, I met somebody right at that time, you know, we're, you know, shortly between the snake and some of the supernatural events, you know, which I can mention if you want, just because they're kind of interesting, but it doesn't, it's, it's not necessarily relevant. But um, I met this gentleman um, who, um, who I've recently, like literally during this process, ended up hooking back up with seven years later. So, so how's that for a thing? Right as I'm contacting with you, I, I'm also running into him. I that's synchronicities, I suppose. Um, but uh, he 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 was kind enough to talk to me, and I bought his book, and he had had a kundalini. And, um, and he says to me, he says, okay, there's something that's going to happen to you. It happens to all of us. Don't write a book like me and make a fool of yourself. <laughs> he said, but you're going to think that you're God for a minute. You're just really going to think that you're going to know everything, right? You're going to have a real good grasp on the world. He said, don't fall for that yet. Give it time. Let that go over and find where you are. And best advice I was ever given you know, and my family was such a great support. I even said to my husband, I said, okay, if I decide that I am an alien and I'm come here from another planet, will you still love me? And will you support me if I want to go to, you know, com you know, meetings and conferences? And I said, yes, absolutely. Of course, anything. I, I don't know what the world is. I, I don't know what it is anymore. That's how completely broken I was. For all I know, it could be aliens. It could be angels. 
It could be the devil. I have no idea. Why not? Any idea sounds any crazier than the rest. You know, that was where I was. And I had such a great support system that was says, sure, why not? We get, we don't know either. We don't know either. So I got to explore a lot of avenues there. And, um, and this is kind of where, where I, I started having those very bizarre experiences. Mm-hmm. I want to start with the fact that you addressed trauma. Now, from what I understand, I have a, you know, a lot of friends who've experienced trauma, who have PTSD, complex PTSD, mm-hmm. and we don't have to, obviously won't talk about the trauma itself, but what it does to the brain. So one thing that you addressed mm-hmm. is doesn't matter what your trauma is, your brain reacts the same way. And I was actually just saying that today about one of my best friends, like, or, you know, I was mentioning this with somebody else when we we're talking about trauma is that she's even acknowledged, look, I didn't go through war. I didn't su- suffer assault. But her brain, she had a series of very stressful situations throughout her life, and eventually her brain just reacted. And so it didn't matter that she wasn't physically assaulted, it was, or she, or that she wasn't in a war. It's her brain still responded in a way that um, that caused her to have PTSD symptoms. So there was a war going on in her brain to the point where it doesn't matter the trigger, she's still collapsing in a heap, having yeah. amnesia forgetting chunks of time, um, sobbing in a heap, being triggered really easily, uh, irritability, all these things, right? Well, she's also highly, highly psychic, although she's not, she was never a believer until she saw what I, you know, what I'm doing. Um, What happens, a lot of mediums, for example, have gone through trauma. So what happens is that your amygdala is the fear center of your brain. That's, That's also the part that is affected. When you have PTSD, you're, but you, you've experienced abuse. So when you've experienced abuse or whatever it is, your brain starts to go into a loop of, we have to make sure this doesn't happen again. So we're going to mm-hmm. constantly send danger signals to keep you on your toes so that you're always prepared. You're hyper vigilant. Well, yes. what happens when your brain goes into hypervigilance is that then you're suddenly picking up on information from other radio stations, as, as I call it, as a medium. So you're now not picking up on just the 3D, you're picking up on the 5D, you're picking up on all these subtle things that other people don't immediately see, but suddenly your intuition is heightened. So we're going to start with, as a child, first of all, so it makes sense is what I'm saying, is that you experienced trauma and therefore you've suddenly become more receptive to the things that most people can't see. Because their mm-hmm. brain is just, it's just wired differently. And that's why you started to receive downloads from spirit mm-hmm. randomly. Maybe there's no reason John came to, I mean, John was identifying himself to you. John's like, I was always yeah. there, but I'm just going to now prove that I'm actually a soul and I'm going to communicate with you this way. Um, also, your your Kundalini awakening. Now, I wanted to ask you, were you in meditation when this happened or did it just hit you in the I middle was sitting of the day. there smoking a cigarette on the back porch on the floor, you know, yeah. in a yoga position at crisscross applesauce because of my blood pressure. You know, I have always sat with my feet up, you know, yeah. again, those are those things that your body was screaming to you as a child, but you know, sit, that's unladylike, you know, my dad apologized actually, because I would get in trouble for having my feet up all the time, but I would get sick if I didn't, you know, it was, it's the body's what I've, I've learned more than any, more than anything, we have to recognize how completely magical our bodies are and how they know what to do. You know, my body knows 
get a leg up girl. (laughs) You're going to pass out in a minute. You need to sit down. You don't feel well, go, go, go. Um, And we don't listen to those things. And that's what ends up flat on our face. And that's what ends up in the mud. Um, You know, our gut, um, that's our bodies, our, my body. I'll, I'll tell you one of the interesting things. Okay. This is one of the fun things that I get from, from my upper being is like you were saying, um, a state of heightened, hyper heightened sensitivity. So my, my, I've massive problems with screaming ears. Right. Um, but then I've had them my whole life. I don't know any other way, but it makes me loud. And, um, at times, and sometimes that can be really obnoxious. Um, but they're linked, the noises they make are linked to the state of my heart beating. So if my heart has a moment of anxiety, my ears go loud. Yeah. And I thought that's interesting because sometimes I'm just kind of doing something like I'm crocheting or, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of vegged out or, or reading and all of a sudden my ears and something in my peripheral would be just what I needed. Something I needed to pay attention to, not so much for to be warned, but to be like, Hey, Hey, something being said over here is awesome. You might want to put down that and, and pay attention to this audiobook you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Because this sentence right here that's about to be said, gonna blow your mind. Yeah. And so that became a communication tool then, you know, for me. And um, and I find that to be a fun one to play with. So I encourage others that also have these types of heart palpitation type experiences to maybe play with that idea that um, your unconscious self can use those, those, maybe you don't want to cure yourself if you're tinnitus. Right. You know, maybe you want to learn to live with it. Maybe our disability, I don't do, I don't take anything. I, I've learned to, I've learned to work with my, I like my condition. Um, I like being in the in-between zone at times. You know, sometimes I feel like walking through the house is like being in a fun house. The floor is moving. You know, I want to start singing songs from Greece. You know, it, it's just this complete kind of, you know, <laughs> fun house type type experience. Um, I, I do have an Instagram, uh, the Retro Zebra, and I did a lot of memes about my experiences as I was unlocking some of my conditions and, and all that came with that genetic thing. So um, that, that was kind of a fun thing I did for a minute. Um, So you were in, like when you had your Kundalini awakening, you were just sitting there relaxing. So you were more receptive. And then when you saw the snake, was it in your mind's eye? Would you say? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like super, it, it, it was as if it was 3d. So it was as if this, but it came almost in between. Yeah. In the in between. I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where like I was in glasses, you know, in a yeah. movie where you have that thing that's in that in between place. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to talk about trauma too, because you had said, you know, with the experience with your boyfriend's stepdad or father, um, these are the times when your body left. So I want to talk about that because when you go through trauma, my mom had an out of body experience when she was a kid. 
And it was just because she had the stomach flu and she was throwing up and her body and she just was so uncomfortable that her soul just jetted and was like, we're getting out of here. And that often happens with people who are experiencing a traumatic event. So you had an abduction situation where you needed to you needed to evacuate oh, your yeah, body I just left. because it's yeah. so traumatic. Um, and for the way you described it, um, this thing was happening and then you left and basically you're just above the trees in your mind. It, I mean, in your uh, experience, that was your body's way of protecting yourself by just leaving the body to let the body take the brunt of things mm-hmm. while you left the building. And that's actually a protective mechanism that serves, you know, can serve really well. And, and it can also... Um, it happens actually with dissociative identity disorder where um, the brain creates other personas to take the brunt of the abuse so that the actual person, the core person doesn't have to feel it. They're different, but they're sort of a similar mechanism where your soul is trying to protect yourself from from the abuse. So it sounds like every time you encountered a, a traumatic event, your soul was like, I'm just going to leave to, yeah. to hover above so I don't have to witness this. You said you had four out-of-body experiences and you don't have to tell me like what was happening, but were they all under traumatic circumstances or were no. they? I've had four near death, Yeah, but I have had tons of out-of-body. I have those quite often actually. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, I don't know. I can't put it up because it really just depends on my cycle. Sometimes I can have two in a day. Sometimes I don't, I can go a week or a month and I'll have any it just yeah. depends on, you know, where I'm at in my, you know, roller coaster of, we, we all have that. We all yeah. know what I'm talking about. Everyone has that, you know, I know when I'm up and when I'm down. And, um, and so when you're at your weakest, um, but I, I, I do totally, uh, because, it, you know, it took me about 10 years of therapy um, after the abduction, you know, just to even you know, somewhat function correctly in some ways. So, um, so I do know, I did know about, um, you know, that then that, you know, because I don't have full recollection, I have snapshots as Mm -hmm. if I opened my eyes and they go, Nope, F this, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, not yet, not yet. You know, um, I, I don't actually know how I made it through. So again, the, one of those things where I just appear somewhere else. Yeah. Um, which is why I like the movies. Um, and because I think that is a great way for, even if it is a superhero that goes from here to here. Okay. It's a metaphor. It's an example of what that feels like. It feels as if you're just boop, boop. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to, it's a time slip. Um, I would have time. I would have experiences where I would have a sensation as if I'm skipping like a, you know skipping through through the the near fainting experience and so it's as if I can see myself in multiple layers Mm. as if I'm kind of I know I'm just making I mean I I get what it is but it's an expression of how to explain the sensation this is the sensation I don't know why I'm having the sensation but I'm having it you know that doesn't you know what does that mean Um, It only means what I want it to mean. It just means that, hey, it feels like I'm skipping. Yeah. Uh, And it feels like. And I like it. Yeah. It feels like when that happens to you, you do, like you said, you go in between zones in a sense. And I think that's something that like, as it sounds to me, like as a child, this was a coping mechanism um, where you literally did leave your body. Like you didn't imagine it, but it's now your body knows, oh, we can do that 
that thing again to kind of help us cope, but also to it now that you're in that you've gone into the zone, you know the zone. Your soul is very familiar with the and we call it some people call it the other side, other dimensions, um, the five D, whatever it is, it feels like you can kind of easily float in and out at will. And ironically, it's the trauma that taught you how to do that, which it um for better or for worse, it is what it is, right? Like it's not good mm -hmm. or bad. It's just that as a trauma response, your your soul and your brain learn to work together to say, okay, well, when something stressful is happening, I'm going to just go somewhere else. And yeah. now it's, and and I think it's important to to note too, that, you know, there's a fine line between um, some people might say, oh, that's mental illness. Well, I think that in some cases it is, it's mental illness, but like PTSD is not actually an illness. It's mm -hmm. a coping mechanism that's actually designed to serve us, to protect us from trauma. Unfortunately, it goes haywire and then it over functions. It's a physical expression yeah. of the emotional trauma. Yeah, that's so it's how it oozes out of us. So it oozes out of me this way and yeah. it oozes out of you that way. And so we're putting, you know, fibromyalgia is another one. Yeah. That's oh, a yeah. traumatic response disorder. Yep. Um, there's a lot of them, actually. Neuropathy I have one. I have I mean, one called muscle tension dysphonia. And okay. it's so interesting because as a kid, I, my go-to when I was experiencing high stress was to uh, stop speaking. So I became select, what they call selective mute. Mm -hmm. And I <laughs> did not speak for three years, even though I was very verbal and I could read by the time I was three I think my mom told me and I stopped speaking because of my sensitivity so what's interesting to me is I didn't even really put it all together until a few years ago I am a voice actor and I developed a vocal disorder vocal cord dysfunction which was a physical manifestation because I had acid yes. because I have SIBO which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth so it caused tension in my throat but then even after like I got the acid under control, it became a stress disorder. And that's when I learned more about it and found out that there's a category of mind-body connection disorders. PTSD, fibromyalgia, mm -hmm. muscle tension dysphonia, and I forget what else, I forget what else it was, but there was there were like four or five. And they're all categorized as the way that your body and your brain reacted to, to trauma. And it's like I said, I didn't experience severe trauma, but I experienced a lot of emotional trauma. So um, just in my own head, I had a beautiful family, thank God, and and, and nothing terrible happened. But um, my body got overloaded with stress because I have a very, very sensitive nervous system. So over time, even the littlest stresses can send me into what happens is my throat closes up. And mm -hmm. all the muscles in my neck get so tight that my vocal cords won't flow together. And I'm a voice actor. You're allergic to stress. I'm allergic to stress, <laughs> literally. And so it's taken three years to learn how to control it. But even this week, I had, I'm had i about to move cross country. So I'm starting to feel the tension coming back. And where does it go? Right here. And this mm -hmm. is my voicing and my ability to express myself. And it shuts right down. And then I can't talk. And I'm like this. And so there are all these manifestations in in um, in response to, to stress. But it's interesting because I think what what you've shared really does show that also it opens up your third eye because like in my friend's case she had pt has ptsd and all of a sudden she was predicting things that would happen she would say she would think of somebody and she would see them she would know what was going to happen ahead of time she could 
And even then she's a skeptic. So she'd be like, well, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, I know what it is, girl. Like you're a psychic. I've had those. I've yeah. people out before with things, most definitely. Like premonitions. And, and that's because your brain is like turning on in a way that most people's don't. So we are like alert to danger, but we're also alert to the super, not the, what people call the supernatural. I call it very natural. It's turning on the ability to see through the veil and to connect with the yeah. other side. So we can, I love what you said. I'm, I, I don't want to minimize anyone's trauma, but what you have done is you've taken your trauma and, and found the gifts within that as you've also done your healing and like therapy, which is great. I want to say, you have, you know, a lot of people are afraid to reach out for help. You know, what you went through is hugely traumatic and thank God that you have the support and that you've chosen to, to, to take care of yourself, but also to be able to see that, okay, this might make me a little quote unquote weird, you know, like that I'm in this other dimension half the time. But the thing is someone could look at you and go, well, Oh yeah, she's just. I think people dismiss these experiences. I'm as just like, Joni. I'm yeah, just me. This is like yeah. you are actually tapped in and tuned in in a way that people may not understand, but I do because we're you know like a lot of us have that same experience where um, I talk to dead people, so <laughs> that makes me a little weird. Um, but there's that's but and and I don't know. I've always been sensitive. So I think that it's really beautiful that you're embracing the stuff that you're getting and you're open to it and you're not dismissing it as, well, I have trauma, therefore I must be insane. You know, um, it's like, no, right. you have trauma and now you have this higher percept perceptive ability that allows you to pick up on things and to be imaginative and creative and to tap into what we don't see, what most of us don't have the... I don't know if it's good fortune or not, but we don't have it's the imagination. It's imagination. I just really think it's just we nobody is using their imaginations anymore. That's yep. the lucid state. That's where you get to make up everything. Yeah. I have and you can make whatever you want there in the lucid state, wherever you want to go, but nobody's using their imagination these days. Everyone is copying someone else's imagination or or refining it, you know. Well, maybe I wanted to wear a blue shirt today instead of a pink shirt, you know. Where's your imagination? Where's your, you know, your unique thought uh, of something? Uh, you know, it's the mu movie industry seems somewhat boring these days. I'm like, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, 15 times, seen it. Nobody has any new thoughts. I yeah. have ideas. I have, I, 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 Sometimes I've chats with my friends and I'll be like, okay, six impossible things before breakfast, go. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're just thinking uh, something different. Outside you know? the box is what kind of where you were going. And I, I, when I learned mediumship, one of my teachers, Susan Schuler, said, the place where mediumship comes from is the same place imagination comes from. So when you're doing a reading, you're going to feel like you're making it up. Exactly. So, I learned, so that was uncomfortable at first because I need hard facts. I'm like you, we talked about, we're both very an analytical by nature and skeptical by nature. And yep. uh, even though right now we don't seem that way, we are. And I would say, but how do I know I'm not making it? I mean, how do I know that I'm not just making it up and the person's just hearing what they want to hear? Well, I've learned that that cannot be true because I've, when I do readings, I come up with names 
dates, like things that I couldn't possibly know. And I'm like, even if that was my imagination, I'd have to be so lucky to get that, to get that accurate every time. But it's about when you're doing a mediumship reading, for example, you're doing it from your same place as imagination. So it will feel like you're making it up. And one of my friends is a medium and he played when he teach, when he helped teach me mediumship he said we're going to play a game that i call the makeup game and he does this to test people's mediumship abilities just it's like so he'll say okay i want you to tap into my uncle john on the other side and the he goes just go and the person's like what do you mean and he's like just tell me about my uncle john in spirit so he did it with me and he said i want you to connect with my friend kenna tell me about her and i was like okay she is uh he goes, what color hair does she have? I'm like, brown. How long is it? Shoulder length. Who's her, she dating? A guy named Jason. Um, and I remember this is exactly how the conversation went. Yeah. I was right about everything. And he's wow. like, I felt like I'm creating a character. I'm making it up. And he's like, it's the same thing as imagination. I told him how, how she passed. Jason was the guy that she was hanging out with. I knew what he looked like. I, I could see a prescription bottle in her purse. I knew that that's how she died. And it was like, he just kept asking me questions, rapid fire. Don't stop to think, just go with your imagination and you'll find that it's true. Like the things that you're saying are actually true. So I love that you brought forward the idea of imagination that, flowing. Well, that is kind of how that John experience was. I was like, okay, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how'd you die? Give mm-hmm. me a railroad sign. <laughs> Where are you from? What year? You know, yeah. Um, and, you, you know, just it let like, it come out. You know, gotcha. Yeah, I was right. When uh, there I am, <laughs> you know, um, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what's to be learned here is that um, so much of what we think our brains are just being nuts. Or like you went to your therapist and you're like, am I losing my mind? I did. No, you're actually finding it. You're actually finding your soul, your higher self. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting how we we're all made of energy and we all um like you said have this history of of a childhood where you just kept leaving your body because things were difficult and and yet now you know you can you're able to see oh my gosh my mind's being blown left and right because now I'm really understanding how how it all kind of comes together and and you and I talked right before um we started recording about how People might think it's insane and you're like, look, my theories are my my truth. It, um, I don't, mine might be different from yours. And the thing is, it's it's everyone's, it's your truth. I, and yeah. your experiences are real, as real as anybody else's. And it doesn't make them wrong or right. It just means this is how you perceive them or experience them. Yeah. And when it comes to this stuff that a lot of people dismiss as woo-woo, I think that there's something really to be learned here that um, there is so much more going on than what's in the 3D world. <laughs> so I want to I want to just kind of end on asking you to say what is it that you really want people to know? Yeah, so um my my uh the way I view the world now is that as the as the body, um my little particle self and and your little particle self there, we are particles cells, whatever you like. I don't care what flavor Kool-Aid you like, but we're all part of the body, the human body um, together. I think everyone can agree. So with that though, I'd like to submit for, you know, counsel (laughs) or consideration 
that our body um, is in its adolescent or its teen, tween, double digit behavior stage. Um, our, our Shemitah, our rite of passage, our 13, um, everything is saying that. And um, that's just one of the many things that line up. Think about the language that we have being used. We're being grounded. We have curfews. We're being restricted. Um, don't talk. You know, even just the symbolisms of putting masks on our face, um, being, you know, in trouble if we share the wrong link or the wrong, we say the wrong thing, um, consistent with all of our social scores and our clicks and everyone is, you know, flying a, a, a flag of some sort. So now what flag? I don't even know. What, what do I do? Um, you know, if we were to go back and imagine what it felt like to be 16, um, 12 even, one thing that I find really interesting about Revelation, we'll say, and, um, and then the, this end of the world, apocalyptic zombie type, whatever, invade, alien invasion, even, even these terms, you know, why I like aliens, because the fear that we have associated with our adolescent years is the fear of being rejected, alienated, unwanted, unliked, unnecessary, you know, a, a, an outcast tossed to the side. That's our fear, not fitting in. Um, I can't, I see that on math. Everyone's popping off with that fear. We're also scared that we're not gonna, you know, and, and we have terms like social scores and uh, and these ideas of, 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 you know, I think of that scene in the movie Heathers where like, you know, the, the, the counselor, you know, she comes in, she's like, okay, class, how do we feel about, do you remember her? She's all. Don't remember. Yeah. Um, I, I think that sounds good, but that's not what's happening. Uh, we're just running amok in the school. Um, the, the interesting thing about the end of the world is that something happens to us when we hit our double digits. Uh, I didn't just come across this idea because I thought of it. I have mm -hmm. science behind it. Um, the human mind, when it hits double digits, so puberty, around nine years old, starts to go through a metamorphosis. The brain starts to get bigger, but it's not in size. That's where all your folds start to take place. It begins to you know, shrink and grow at the same time, right? It looks yeah, like it's shrinking, yeah. but it's really growing. And um, and during this stage, you know, things that aren't needed get pruned, and they actually call it a pruning stage for the brain. This is why we have um, lost knowledge, because every stage we go through, every time we have a stage as a child, and we go through an I am moment where we declare ourselves a new being, I am sick. I can feed myself, I can put my shoes on, I can go outside. I don't really even need a mom if I don't want one. Um, that's an I am moment. We have, that's our first major one. We have a few small ones. The next one comes at 12. 12 is, so one six, then 12, we have another I am moment. That's why it's our rite of passage. Um, during that time, we have to stand up to whatever the bully is. That's why movies like Goonies and Stand By Me mm -hmm. are great references here because the sandblocks, the, this is the age where we 
come together as a group. Yeah, uh, it's no longer sense. a me. It's a we. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the us against them. And that's why I say, you know, I, it's not what I say. I can line it up. Um, this is where we're at. I, I, all you have to do is look at the timeline of human history uh, and you see we fall right here. This is our, our adolescence. And, um, and this is the, our time to turn around in the lucid dream, in the matrix and say no to whatever it is that is chasing you. If that's a black vehicle for you, then turn around and say no. When I was a little girl, we lived in a house that um, I had, I liked horror movies, um, rightfully so. I've already worked that out in therapy. My therapist said, that's totally normal for somebody like you. You faced death. You weren't afraid. You wanted to watch them. And I also liked the fact that girls always kicked butt in them, mm -hmm. right? To me, that was my comic book superhero. The boys had Batman. I had, you know, uh, it, whatever. So, um, so I remember, what was I saying? Hang on. Oh, I remember, um, I was taking, I didn't, I didn't like baths. So I took showers and I was, um, six years old. So I was, in, I remember specifically, I had just watched that movie, the alligator under New York city. You know, this was like 1979 <laughs> or something. Yeah. Know? And the drain in the bathroom at that time, when the water, it had a lot of little holes in it. When the water would drip through, it would look like a fish eye winking at you. <laughs> and I would stand in that shower and I noticed it for the first time now after watching that movie. I was like, that's a giant fish under there in the pipes. You're a kid, you have imagination. I had imagination. <laughs> and it's winking at me. And I'm like, okay, I don't like that. And I'm like, all right, Jesus loves me. You know, you declare, you, you call right out to the one thing that finds you comfort, right? And I'm, I'm singing, Jesus love me. And the power goes out. <laughs> My dad said, I screamed bloody murder. He just thought that I had just been eaten by whatever, you know, <laughs> but it was those moments that, you know, I remember now I, I, I don't subscribe to that now. Um, I talk to my upper being, my, my creator, you know, my tether, I, whatever you like. Um, if we could just recognize that we're in puberty, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it works. It, 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 it makes an answer for some things we don't have answers for. For some reason, it helped me grasp why the world looks the way it does. Why we talk to each other the way we do. Um, why I Pet Goat was so popular in the school. Why do we have these, these, these symbols? Why do we have these things? Why is school something every, I hear everyone saying it, but no one will say it. The body of God, the body, the human body as a whole, this is where we're at. And we're, we're either going to stand up to our abuser. This is the age where boys, and, and not boys necessarily, but girls and boys, kids, I mean to say, walk out of their houses. This is where they, there is no door that can hold me. Now you, I'm the same size as you now, dad or mom. You can't, you can't hit me anymore. This is the age we do that. This is the age that we realize that we are in control of our own selves here. And then we run into puberty with the boy, girl, and the Matrix. He's the sixth Neo, right? Yeah. 
just how many stages we get to until we're right there at adolescence. And he picks the girl, not the rest of his friends. It's all around us, the symbolism of, of adolescence. It's everywhere. And, and for me, if, if, you know, if I'm the only one that gets it and I'm the only one that finds that comforting, so be it. But I just, you know, I've shared it with a few other people who also find it helpful in their understanding of their gifts. You know, I, I, this is no way to discredit. I, 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 this idea does not say, hey, everybody, my idea is right. No, 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 no. Mine enhances how you look at your ideas. When you consider, you know, so for example, timeline-wise, just a few little interesting things. The Tower of Babel shows up when we're babies babbling. It's also when we did the Bronze Ages, which were we all, you know, bronze our baby shoes. <laughs> Jesus shows up at an I am moment, declares himself, I am six. <laughs> He's right there at preschool. Preschool toddler. What do we do when we're toddlers? Build with things. I don't know, blocks. We're very destructive as well, aren't we? We walk around, knock things over. Ah, that's all our ancient history. That's all they were doing. Noah's Ark shows up just as the baby can sit in the bathtub. <laughs> I can't, I'm not making that up. I just, I just laid them on top of each other. I, I noticed these things. Um, you know, this, this thing we're all experiencing now, this isn't the end of humans. We, we, we still have several more stages to go. We have four stages, but Childhood is the only, that's our generation. So you can understand your stages through your generations. You have your young child years and then you're an adult, young adult, and then you're middle age and then you're elder. And we go through these stages, but our child, that first quarter of this pie is broke up into segments. <laughs> that's interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And the segment that we're in right now and the big hands and the big clock of things and the age of Aquarius, because that is adolescence right? That's another thing that lines up all of your astrology. Bam, 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 bam fits on this timeline. It's so beautiful. Um, you can see all of those things. And, um, um, but, um, these things, these patterns start to play out. So what I know is, is that I'm only turning 12. I still have another six years to go before I've reached the mark of the beast or a man, which is his number 18, <laughs> count the number six, 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 it's three six-year segments of a human life, which everyone agrees are I am moments. I didn't make that up. That's what we all will, will, will agree. We have rites and, and rituals and things throughout history. We've always marked these as points of, of, of reference to time. I, I, I don't know why we're not superimposing it onto our situation right now, why we're not looking at our behaviors if I knew in high school, one of the number one things that people say when they're asked if you could change anything about high school, what would you change? And they say, I wouldn't give a crap. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't care so much what someone thought of me. Yeah. And so here we have a chance yeah. to go back forward in time and come back here. This is time. We're time traveling together, everyone. We're going back to our teenage selves and we're saying, what could you tell me? right now, you know, about how to, how to navigate high school. Right. Yeah. Um, we might start looking at each other differently. There's also really amazing things about the human mind that don't involve eating each other in zombie apocalypse. We're not all like that. Teenagers are very resourceful. 
they're thinkers. They, uh, they want to stand out. They have drive. They, they are fearless and, um, and believe that they're immortal. That's why comic book heroes are always in their teens. They feel immortal. That's the time you do. That's yeah. when you're making risks. Um, it also continues into your young adult years because that's where we get everybody graduating and going out and trying to, you know, um, you know, do their eighties movies. I'm trying to think of that one with Michael J. Fox where he's, you know, trying to, you know, climb the corporate ladder. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I forget films. what it's called, but yeah. Yeah. All those references, um, are there. So that's kind of, you know, you know, that's a very probably dirty version uh, um you know I didn't know how this was going to go and I probably have um said and embarrassed myself a little in some of the things that I've said but I come at this it, it, I have made up nothing I, I I have nothing to make up this is there's no rhyme or reason that anything has ever happened I if I could I would um but trust me <laughs> Nobody wants this all to be a, a laughable joke more than me. You know, I keep waiting for a hidden camera. You know, you're on Joe's show. You know, you're on the Joni show. Um, but I'm here now. And I didn't always like some of the, my near death. No, I didn't. That's not right. I didn't mean it like that. Um, I didn't like the, I, what I meant, what I mean is I didn't like, the way it made me feel when my experiences were discounted by others because I didn't have the, you know, the rosy and the glow, mm -hmm. you know, and because I go to the in-between and I'm going, this is the greatest place ever. And they go, you must have been in hell if it's all dark and disturbing. I'm like, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. I'm the devil. Well, then I'm the devil. And I had accepted that for a moment. Maybe I am the devil's daughter. Maybe that's where I belong. Who knows? Oh, if it feels good, then that's where I'm supposed to be, right? Then if that's the case, that's the case. Yeah, Except everybody has reality. their own. Everybody has their own. It, it's the way that they experience the <laughs> other realms and the other. And 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 we limit it to like, I mean, sometimes it's a near-death experience because you actually died. And sometimes it's an out-of-body experience. And um, I don't think that we have to. Uh, yeah, everyone, everyone has their own valid, unique experience. So I, I thank you for being here and sharing yours and your and your perspectives. Yes, I think they're you. all equally valid. And so thank <laughs> you so much for your vulnerability and sharing and mm. for a lot of really interesting, um, so much interesting food for thought. So thank you, Joni, for being here. It's been such thank a pleasure. You. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and mind for your likes, subscribes, leaving comments below and sharing with like-minded friends. Your support means the world and I could not do this without you.